This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice. www.onf.ie when it comes to business, we're all fairly used to hearing advice on a wide range of aspects of business, like time management, cash flow, presentation skills, business development, new product development, marketing strategy, and on and on and on. But what about sleep? Well, sleep, the ability of you and your colleagues to stack your Zs, has a huge impact on productivity, creativity, safety, general well-being, and lots more. Now, during the week, I spoke with Motti Verghese, a sleep physiologist. I started by asking him to tell me about the negative impacts on companies and the economy of poor sleep habits. There, there has been studies done into it. Rand Corporation uh, did a study a few years ago, and uh, the findings of that study is quite, uh, quite, quite, quite shocking, uh, I should say. Uh, United States alone loses about 280 billion to 411 billion dollars annually to absenteeism and health issues from sleep deprivation, uh, and that includes. Um, uh, you know, cost to uh, employee health, uh, cost uh, from the absenteeism, uh, accidents and injuries that happens at workplace as a result of fatigue that is uh, originating from sleep deprivation, and also compensation claims, and that comes to around 2.3 billion, 2.3 uh, percent of the American GDP. And the other industrialist countries like Japan. Uh, uh, um, Germany, uh, Canada, and the UK also uh, uh, has uh, similar figures. And the cost of uh, sleep deprivation in the UK is about $50 billion, and also about 600,000 workdays are lost. And I think it is it would be reasonable for us to think that the case here in Ireland uh, is, isn't much different because we have a huge manufacturing industry here. And also, um, uh, you know, the, when you look at the, uh, the prevalence of different sleep disorders, ours isn't much similar different to what these countries have reported. So uh, I think it would be reasonable to believe that there is uh, value in addressing this uh, this, uh, sleep problems. Yeah, now in the whole area of business, we hear so much about effectiveness and time management uh, and so on. But sleep is an area that's largely neglected. Um, This seminar that uh, Carlo Kilkenny Skillnet are running uh, on the 5th of October, uh, at which you're speaking, aims to put sleep on the business agenda. How does it manifest itself on a on a daily basis in terms of people not having enough sleep um, sleep plays a significant role in memory formation and in our ability to make the right decisions, whether at work or when we are on the road driving back and forth through uh, home and work, uh, and also on our uh, general um, uh, health and well-being, physical and mental health, and also weight management, which a lot of us are interested in these days, uh, and um, also our reaction times. When we are sleep deprived, our reaction time is going to be longer, but a well-rested employee will have a much shorter uh, reaction time. And I think all of those factors will generally uh, affect the productivity of a person when he or she is at work. So I think there's definitely sleep is one area to be focused on by the employers. And the unique it is a unique situation where people, uh, employers and employees get benefited uh, from looking at it and, and resolving those sleep issues, at least helping the employees to resolve their sleep problems. Yeah, and tell us, what are the contributory factors to poor sleeping habits and, and a poor night's sleep? I suppose people can have poor sleeping habits or they can have episodic uh, you know instances of poor sleep but can you just talk to us a bit about like what leads to poor sleep 
Yes, when we speak to individuals, they generally report, you know, I'm sleeping poorly or I'm not sleeping very well. And I think, you know, we have to make certain effort to bring information to individuals where they could identify, where they could look at their own sleep and identify whether it is a problem with the quality of sleep, which is what we would see in a lot of sleep problems like uh, sleep apnea or restless legs, and which are which is very common uh, and also other sleep disorders that affect the quantity of sleep like insomnia or circadian rhythm disorders so if individuals can themselves screen their sleep or um, look at their own sleep and differentiate between different types of sleep problems and contact uh, health professionals who has expertise in that area to resolve it uh, that will be useful yeah and what about all these apps you know people have many people have uh, wearable fitness devices that tell you how many steps you take uh, it gives you information on sleep as well but i reckon most people don't have a clue about what it means and what they should ideally uh, be aiming for can you define kind of what the optimum level of sleep people should be aiming for and what types of sleep yes there are general recommendations on how much sleep we should be getting thing. Uh, So the the recommended sleep duration is about seven to nine hours or over seven hours. But I think the most important one is the not recommended sleep duration, which is under six hours, where we will start to accumulate a sleep debt, which can build up and result in fatigue or over 10 hours of sleep. If someone has to sleep over 10 hours, their quality of sleep can be poor and hence the sleep demand or sleep need is never met. So despite sleeping for long hours, they're still going to feel sleepy and tired when they wake up. And that generally happens when there is an issue with the quality of sleep. Coming to the question of the uh, wearables or the sleep trackers and uh, whether they have a role, I think that there is enough evidence there to uh, believe that the wearables and individuals looking at their own sleep data is actually making some people, at least uh, a group of people, anxious about their own sleep. And when they're seeing um, there is only 10% of the total sleep time spent in deep sleep, you know, people are starting to look uh, on uh, why that is happening or how they can themselves improve it. So, I mean, the, the best way to uh, look at their own sleep quantity or quality is to actually f- look at how you are feeling during the daytime. If you're feeling energetic and alert all the time during the daytime, uh, then uh, it would be reasonable to believe that you're getting good quantity of good quality of sleep. But if you are cautious about it, uh, definitely look for help then. Yeah. Uh, can you give us some uh, common causes of poor sleep quality or poor sleep length uh, and maybe some ideas as to how people can tackle those? Yes. If uh, insomnia is one of the common, most common sleep disorders. If, you, if a person takes 30 minutes or longer to fall asleep or 30 minutes or longer to return to sleep, or if they wake up earlier in the morning than they would like to, and if they're not getting back to sleep at all, and if that's happening three nights a week, that's what we would call insomnia. And the development of insomnia is uh, a 3P model where some of us can be slightly more anxious than others and we will be predisposed to develop insomnia uh, when we have a precipitating factor. And then we start to get anxious about sleep itself and that anxiety about sleep perpetuates uh, the sleepless nights or the nights with poor sleep. And that's when we can say a person has developed insomnia where we'll have thoughts like, will I sleep tonight? What if I don't? How will I manage my day tomorrow? You know, And that's when we need to start looking for help. And that, since it is an indication that the person has developed anxiety about sleep. Hmm. Uh, but if somebody I'm, goes to bed at, say, circa 10.30 in the evening and wakes up, you know, goes to sleep at 10.30 and wakes up at 5.30 in the morning and thinks, oh, I should be sleeping until half seven or something like that, they may have had enough sleep. They may have had seven hours of sleep. 
Yes, they may have had seven hours of sleep, and that's a, a situation where we have to look at the chronotype of the individual to determine whether the person is a morning type person or an evening type person or an intermediate, um, where he or she is somewhere in the middle. So, morning so I, morning person isn't just a, a myth; it's a, it's a real thing. Some people it is, are actually it is a real thing. It's what we call a morning chronotype. Mm. A morning chronotype person has a tendency to wake up early in the morning and be productive. Uh, during the early hours of the day. And it's something very useful for the employer to know as well, uh, since you know it's better for you to get an employee to work for you when he or she is most alert and productive. Mm, and something to consider, of course, when we're in the, in the era of flexi working and people working from home. Exactly. And we're talking often in terms of nine to five and all that. Maybe it suits people to have seven to three or something like that. I would think so. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, just uh, talk to me a bit about how you bring the discussion about all this into the business environment. This is a business program, after all. Um, You know, something like sleep strikes me as being a very personal thing. How should managers and business operators introduce the whole issue of sleep onto the agenda at a staff meeting, for example? Yeah, I think in the last few years, there is an increased... um uh, attention given to wellness programs in workplaces. I think, you know, focusing more on the sleep aspect of the wellness program itself will bring uh, many rewards both to the employers and the employees. Uh, you know, employees can definitely improve their quality of life, uh, improve their health in the long run. And also for the employer, th- th- there is more benefit when the employees are very uh, healthy and uh, productive during the daytime when he's at work. Um, so, yeah, there is definitely value when looking into this in detail and that's something that Delta Sleep uh, does. Uh, We bring uh, education to employees on how to optimize their sleep. Uh, We also work with night shift workers Mm -hmm. and we are also developing a digital platform where employees uh, can uh, screen their sleep for different sleep disorders and look for help if there is something uh, flagged on that um, and a referral will be generated as well. Yeah. Now you mentioned about the huge costs and I have to admit I was a bit stunned to hear it been uh, numbered in the 10 of billions for the economy of poor mm-hmm. sleep. What are the benefits of getting your sleep strategy, for want of a better word, uh, right? Yes, um, so th- th- there's going to be better memory formation, a better decision making, reduced reaction times when we are sleeping well. And in addition to that, you know, we will also be able to keep the chronic health conditions away if we can maintain good sleep patterns and also ensure that we're getting enough quantity of good quality sleep seven days a week. Uh, without a tendency to compensate for lost sleep at the weekend. Well, look, Motti, so, uh, very uh, good talking to you. That's Motti Verghese, who's a senior sleep physiologist at the Sleep Therapy Clinic and also Delta Sleep. KCLR's Bottom Line. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants. Now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie